Welcome to Tax Breaks, the Moody's Tax Podcast, where you find informed discussions, lively debate, and sometimes a little lighthearted fun around tax issues in Canada, the United States, and around the world. Good day. My name is Kim Moody. I'm CEO of Moody's Tax. I'm here with my colleague, Kenneth Kung. Hello, everyone. Kenneth is uh, one of the smartest guys around and a director of Canadian Tax Advisory for our firm. And today, Kenneth, we're going to talk about you know, a blog that we wrote um, on March the 29th, 2021, and the title of the blog is Tax Planning Arrangement, When Tax Treatment Collides with Accounting Treatment, and How This is Like Ferris, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I'm not going to talk about Ferris Bueller today, we're just going to talk about um, just some changes that are now in place with respect to how preferred shares issued preferred shares need to be treated for accounting purposes. And this has been an interesting topic. It's not the first time we've written about this. You know, we wrote about this topic when the Accounting Standards Board first proposed changes to the treatment or the proposed treatment of this back in uh, 2014, the Accounting Standards Board uh, proposed treatment uh, changes. And, And the highlight change was instead of being treated as equity, which I think most of us just rather assume that preferred shares, redeemable, retractable preferred shares are, are equity. Uh, there's a, a bit of a surprise. The Accounting Standards Board said, well, hold on a second. In many cases, we think that that's akin to debt. Mm-hmm. And therefore, we believe that if certain conditions are met, it should be treated as debt, which kind of shocked us. Mm-hmm. It, it, it kind of makes sense in theory. In but- theory, yeah. But <laughs> there's big butts there, right? Yeah. And so, so we wrote a, a blog back in 2015, and we made a submission to the Accounting Standards Board, which was inviting commentary. And so, you, myself, I think it was mainly you and I, if mm-hmm. I recall, uh, made a submission to the Accounting Standards Board. What happened to that? Crickets. <laughs> in other words, nothing. <laughs> And so fast forward to rather recently, and what happened? Well, time flies, and these accounting changes are are now in place for for this year. So this year being 2021. Mm-hmm. And so did they make any changes whatsoever as they, in terms of their blanket proposal that in most cases issued preferred shares of private corporations are going to be treated as debt on the balance sheet as opposed to um, equity? Mm-hmm. They, they, did, they, they hear complaints, right, including from us, and they did put in exception for, they tried to put in exception for standard estate freezes. And in order to meet, meet this exception, you need to meet three criteria. One is the shareholder receiving the retractable, redeemable shares retains control of the enterprise. And two, that no consideration other than shares is received or contributed on that transaction. Three, no redemption arrangement exists with respect to the um, redeemable, retractable, preferred share. So... Those three conditions, which there's not a lot of illustrations from what I can tell based, you know, based from the Accounting Standards Board as as to what they exactly mean by these three 
mm-hmm. three exceptions. Have you seen anything you know that illustrates you know a lot of detail? No, or? Not, nothing other than those that are really obvious. But yeah, no, yeah. So the, the I think the highlight one is the control one that you said. So let's say you've got a situation where dad controls all the shares of Opco, and for a variety of reasons wants to transfer future control of the business to his three sons. Mm-hmm. And this is a real-life example that you and I are working on. Um, and, you know, the three sons have done a great job of, of uh, you know, transitioning the business to the next generation. And dad basically is wanting to, you know, kind of, I would say retire, but wants to kind of transfer the uh, day-to-day operations and, and, you know, move into a chairman-type role, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so in that situation, ideally, without having the tax tail wag the dog, we would have transferred control by way of an estate freeze. We would have had dad transfer his common shares in exchange for preferred shares. That's done on a tax-deferred basis. And then we would look at ways to issue new common shares, either directly to the three sons or perhaps by way of uh, um, through a trust. There's a whole variety of ways you can do this. And actually in our example, live example, we, we did it none of those ways. We did it a different way. But, uh, mm-hmm. but do you see a situation where let's say dad exchanges those common shares for preferred shares and let's say those preferred shares are non-voting shares and then new common shares are issued just directly to the sons. Would would that exception be met? So that, that the exception will not be met because the person who controlled the enterprise before was father, and father did not re- and, and father even though he received the preferred shares, he no longer controlled the enterprise. So, In fact, with free free sons, no one controls because they, they, if you're going to divide that control evenly between the free sons, exactly, and so. Like I said, that's not exactly what we did in our live example, but it was. Uh, but having said all that, you know that's a real problem now because let's say Dad's preferred shares have a redemption value equal to the fair market value of the common shares that were that were exchanged, which which in most cases all represent inherent goodwill uh, of the business, right? That has never shown up on the balance sheet before. So let's say it's ten million dollars mm-hmm. is the aggregate fair market value. Are you telling me that the preferred shares now need to be disclosed in the balance sheet as a liability for $10 million? Exactly. That's what the uh, accounting board want the balance sheet to say. So what if the balance sheet prior to this of OPCO had no debt? Like in our live case, for example, there's no debt. Yeah, no, no debt. And the goodwill, as I said, the, the, the goodwill value never showed up on the balance sheet. So it's just working capital and some equipment. And... A completely outsized liability of ten million suddenly shows up. So the debt to equity ratios are going to be aligned. The debt to equity ratio will be anything but aligned. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think that an uneducated reader of the financial statements, which you know, there's a lot of them out there, um, thankfully it's a small group of people because private corporations are not required to disclose their financial statements other than to interested parties or required parties. But do you think, for example, if, if our client wanted to go to the bank and needed some financing in order to expand operations, and let's say it's a capital-intensive business and they need a lot of money, do you think that a banker might be concerned that all of a sudden there's $10 million of liability showing up on the balance sheet? Oh, for sure. 
Yeah. yeah. And so thus the crux of the concern, right? Mm-hmm. So I, 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 it surprises me that our profession, accounting profession, I'm putting my accounting hat on today, and actually let's just call it the tax profession, you know, this has really not received a lot of attention. And I'm a little bit surprised. I mean, our firm certainly wrote a submission. There's been a few other peers that have rang the alarm bell. But in general, Kenneth, have you seen a lot of concern? No, I have not. Uh, our accounting colleagues are, you know, head down, preparing, just finished, pre- still in the tax season, preparing tax return for 2020. Uh, but I guess when everyone wakes up from doing tax returns of last year and start thinking about 2021 financial statement, then things will get ugly. And then they realize what that they have to communicate with their client that their balance sheet now looks very bad. Right. And in our situation, um, you know, going back to our live file, you know, we spent a lot of time on this very issue because it's, it's concerning, right? Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, a balance sheet that pre-accounting standards board change looked spectacular now all of a sudden looks horrible and or or alternatively they don't they they purposely uh don't follow the accounting rules and now they have to have a qualified opinion on their reviewed financial statements qualified report qualified report i mean yeah Mm -hmm. you and i aren't much accountants anymore in terms of (laughs) audit opinions but it won't be a clean financial statement um, uh, report right and so I, I find that very troubling, and I find the Accounting Standards Board um, criteria for the exception of this rule very narrow and, dare I say, misinformed. Um, and I really would have liked to see at least a response to our submission, because I think there's a lot of practitioners who agreed with our submission mm-hmm. um, that, you know, in a situation where there's an estate freeze, for example, why do you need to characterize that as debt? Mm-hmm. Um, so legally, even though you are a preferred shareholder, even though it is redeemable as an equity holder, the equity holder still ranks below a creditor. So there is a real difference between a true creditor and a preferred shareholder. And mixing the two up on the balance sheet is just mis- misleading. Yeah, I totally agree. So when we brought this to the attention of some of our lawyers in our firm, you know, what was some of the reaction? Well, the immediate reaction is, oh, what what is this going to do to, for example, the solvency test? As you know, Kim, uh, in most jurisdictions, such as in Alberta, a corporation cannot uh, pay out a dividend unless they they meet solvency requirement, meaning that dividend is not going to make the company insolvent. Right. And so, because that could be a real big issue, right? Mm-hmm. Like in our file, there's no solvency issue. But on the face of it, when you look at it, it you know, if the preferred shares, the issue preferred shares now have to be disclosed as a liability, you would think that this, this company's broke. Mm-hmm. And same thing with redemptions, right? You can redeem shares if you're not solvent, for example. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So... So what is, you know, when we showed this to a couple of our senior lawyers, you know, what, what was uh, one of the proposed solutions, I guess? Um, would be to, um, if, 
if the various jurisdiction uh, change the Business Corporations Act to take into account this accounting changes and recognize that even though something is a liability on the balance sheet and treated and, and, and classified as a liability, it does not necessarily mean that, that liability. And for the purpose of various solvency tests for the uh, for that for those BCA Business Corporations Act, right. And so we're in the midst of actually finalizing a submission to the Alberta provincial government on this very point. And you know, if listeners are, um, you know, and we'll have that up on our website rather shortly, probably in the next week or so. But uh, but if listeners, um, especially lawyers, want to you know, follow suit and make submissions to other provinces, uh, feel free to, you know, to contact us and we're happy to, happy to have a chat. But I guess in the meantime, Kenneth, you know, it is what it is. And mm-hmm. we're just wanting to raise the awareness level out there. And, yeah. and so when you're planning a freeze with your clients, you must mention this. Totally. Otherwise this will be a nasty surprise for both the client and, and the planner. Yep. And so we've added that to our usual checklist of estate freezes is in, in our live client file. It was, uh, it was a pretty big surprise for the, you know, for dad and, and actually, frankly, for sons. And so I think, I think we have a solution, which is ultimately working closely with the bank and making sure that ultimately they're informed about, you know, what this is and what have you. But, you know, hopefully we're dealing with sophisticated bankers here who understand it. So in the meantime... I guess that's it for today. Mm-hmm. Have a look at our blog. Have a look at our submission once it's posted and and uh, become informed on this. It's a, it's a big change. So thanks, Kenneth. Thank you. All the best, everybody. Bye now. Bye-bye.